the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC on ESPN 31 Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analysts is work you'd find over at MMAJunkie.com, as well as OddsCheckerUS.com, but on this here program... The Protect Your Neck Podcast, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Hopefully it's for the fight, recording this on a late Thursday night on West Coast Pacific time for UFC Vegas 44, UFC uh, Fight Night. Uh, who the fuck's fighting? Font versus Aldo. <laughs> UFC on ESPN 31. Um, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, that's what's going to be going down. So uh, right here in the backyard... I think this one's a kind of a normal time, which I know I'm in the minority, but I I don't mind the later show. It sucks for everyone who has to to, to watch this stuff late. But you know, let's be honest. It's like uh, back when uh, you know there used to be filters on programming. You have to stay up late to watch the good stuff, right? Right? It's kind of like when we were kids. No, damn. Most of us aren't uh, as old as you're getting. Okay, fine, I get it. Um, Thanks for joining me. I'm going to try to keep this quick since we already did the recap and, you know, a bunch of other stuff I unloaded on you, my poor listeners, and probably it diminished my listenership more, but it's all good. We get to talk some fights. This is what I want to do. Uh, it's what I like to do. And, uh, you know, um, there's some decent ones to talk about. So uh, it's uh, it's good to be back. I already give you guys uh, the catch up. Got my cast off today. You know, the hand still feels funky. Uh, you know, getting used to the new the new hand and look to it there, but, uh, yeah, it's all good, um, uh, yeah, not much to say there, uh, just some, some quick shouts and we'll get going as per usual, check the, t- uh, the timestamps, see when the, uh, breakdown starts, I'll just break it down from top to bottom, and, uh, if you are even short on time or want to hear less of me, I don't blame you, uh, you can always go to the end, I recap all my picks and plays, uh, as per usual at every, uh, episode, and you can find that in the show notes for those timestamps, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, thanks for the five-star ratings and review. Got to get around to reading the new ones. Appreciate it. It really does help. Not going to waste your time reading them today, but if you can, waste a little time to give them. Oh, it's appreciated as well as, uh, you know, the show notes on YouTube. Um, I haven't been doing much of the channel. You know, still some time uh, this year that I want to dedicate to it, so I'm not really pumping it too hard. But if you want to support it, it's Daniel Tom MMA. If you're listening to the audio version, uh, give it a like. Um, hit the subscribe button, uh, my man James Young. I know you're gonna ask why are you doing the audio back to video, my man, and uh, you are you are correct in doing so. And and I only cite uh, that commenter because uh, an excuse to tell you guys I bought I bought a camera for that purpose uh, and and many other purposes. I went with the uh, Sony A6400, so I've been kind of getting lost in that world in my spare time. Any videographers, photographers, camera nuts uh, of the like, tech nuts, whatever, Sony nuts, uh, you that's in any of your uh, alleyways, uh, phrasing, um, yeah, feel free to hit me up, you know, uh, give me some pointers, you know, um, and all that fun stuff, but uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, again, 
you know, just because I'm not doing much doesn't mean I'm not working to do much. And uh, every penny um, that goes to the podcast definitely helps. Speaking of which, thank you guys who clicked through for Amazon. I'm not going to do a read through today. I, I just want to keep things pretty uh, expedited. Um, for what it's worth, uh, but uh, again, mixedmarshallanalyst.com, links to that in the show notes as well. That's the website, my website, that supports this here show. And uh, if you go click on that, you're, you're, you can toggle to the right and see a click-through banners through really problematic companies like Amazon or Onnit, which at this point is probably going to be selling uh, ivermectin, and I probably need to be removing that. They just downsize their protein, one of the only things I buy from them at this point. Um, but yeah, you know, there's that, uh, you can always click through while it's still there, but what I am keeping up there, at least for the near future, even though it's again, problematic company in Amazon, uh, is the Amazon link because uh, sadly it's very versatile and many of us, including myself, uh, self-admittedly, uh, still use it. So if you want to ease your social conscious or however you want to put it, um, you can do that for free and support a show. You can like kill three birds with one stone while you're getting your, your, your shit. Look at all my shit. Uh, and you click the Amazon banner. Uh, those of you who did it through Black Friday, thank you. But it's year-round. Uh, it helps all the same. Um, really appreciate y'all who uh, who are the regulars there um, clicking through. I really do appreciate it, taking notes, and we'll do a, a read-through at another time. But I uh, just wanted to appreciate um, the support. Also, just if you want to just donate straight up, I don't have a... Patreon, who knows what the future holds. Maybe your boy might have to get one to survive if he wants to still do this uh, stuff, right? Make enough money, but uh, we'll see. But, you know, it's all free. But I do have a PayPal link um, in my link tree, whether you're following me on the only social media platform I'm really active on, which is Twitter, at DanTomMMA. I believe the link tree is up in my Instagram, too. Uh, but, yeah, um, there's a PayPal, secure PayPal link, mixmarshallanalyst.com as well to the right. You can click through doing the program and with a camera note that sparked that whole plug off, which I'm trying to be better about. I'm not clearly a good podcaster or businessman. Uh, it does help the show. I can assure you that that, that, that the business is, sticks to business. And um, as you can see, uh, uh, all the money as well as as well as mine uh, gets put right back into this bad boy. Um, so we can come at you, hopefully help you make some money and at least at the very least give you some free content and maybe help educate. Uh, right, as I try to continue to educate myself, because uh, you know it's important, and uh, there's a lot of shit I'm ignorant on. For as much as I, I get up in my my panties about last week, there's there's plenty here that I'm ignorant on too, and I I I, I have a thirst for the knowledge to quench that. So, um, yeah, let's all get better and uh, support each other if if we can. So, thank you. All right, that was long. Uh, shouts to my guy Clint. It was cool to be on the Die Hard MMA podcast. Back on there, I should say, uh, this Monday. So if you guys wanted the early dose and you were jonesing for my analysis for whatever the fuck reason, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not bad analysis. I just don't, you know, I just feel bad you guys got to put up with, the, you know, this face and, you know, this this drone over here just droning on. But, uh, but yeah, uh, if you missed it, you know, you could have found it there. Uh, I believe it's a Pub Sports Radio is the channel. But uh, at Die Hard MMA Pod is my guy Clint there. Um, again, like I told him, he's just, he's got the, you know, that... The on-brand cheese that 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 you know uh, even cheers a curmudgeon like me up after a loss. So uh, uh, I appreciate him. Uh, I put bruised question mark, but I'm not gonna say anything. Everyone's doing a review on it. I I didn't finish the thing, um, which apparently is not crazy because it was really long and it was late when me and my girlfriend were watching it. I think we fell asleep from sheer depression. Uh, all I know is I was rooting for the kid. You know, I'll say that. And then and the best part was I I thought was. That Prop Joe, Proposition Joe from The Wire was in there, but then I realized 
Proposition to Joe has been dead since 2013, so I was like, yeah, this movie really sucks. No prop, Joe. All right, eight minutes. Uh, that takes care of that. Uh, real quickly, Bellator uh, 272. Um, not much to talk about there. I'll look at the card real quick. I, I did write up the main event, obviously, uh, which is uh, Kyoji. Kyoji. Oh, Sean Connery. <laughs> we got Kyoji and Jamal. Sean Connery's just fucking right at attention for this guy. Hello there. Bolt the door if you're coming in. Um, that's right. Oh, you guys didn't hear in the lost episode, episode, episode. I did with uh, Jordan. Um, there may have not, may or may not have been a scene, a skit where uh, Sean Connery uh, mistaken uh, Kyoji Horiguchi for a child. It was quite funny and creepy. It was quite creepy, let's be honest. It was only funny if you're a creep like me. But uh, yes, we have Kyoji. You know, he's a uh, you know. He, the ageless wonder there. I don't, I don't even know what I'm saying with that, but uh, he's not old or young, so I don't even know why I said that. Minus 190. He's probably just going to look the same even when he's old, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sergio Pettis, though, he's got a baby face too, man. He's got some good genes in there, you know? And I know he's got some type of uh, Latin in there and then maybe some some Philippines as well. I'm not sure, but uh, uh, but yeah, he's got some he's got some. It's got some good genes as well. Dan, are we going to break down the fight or how these guys look? Well, uh, you guys can go to my <laughs> breakdown at MMAJunkie.com. Um, it's not a stronger dynamic, uh, but it, you know the basic dynamic, I felt like there was one fighter who puts out much more volume and another fighter who um, uh, is more explosive and arguably a better counterpuncher, but this is weird because you got Kyoji... Um, even though I still argue he's worked on his counterpunching, and, and that's what I see winning him here. Uh, and he could counterpunch before, even though it was kind of certain things that he would kind of go to after initiating um, off of a blitz, right? Kind of a, a, a layered uh, into his exit after a blitz, his initial blitz, if you will. Uh, whereas now I feel like his boxing, his wrestling, of course, improved like, Immediately, although he came from a wrestling savvy school, Crazy B in Japan, Tokyo. Um, obviously, when he went to uh, pre Ali Ali Bags, Ali Baggins, Baga Utinov, uh, he goes to American Top Team, and then if you remember that fight, he seems a bit worried about getting wrestled by uh, Ali Bags. But in defending the early takedowns, he starts realizing how easily, not easily, but you know, he, he starts realizing that he can reverse and take initiative. And start scoring that way, and he kind of just does throughout the fight, in essence, out wrestling Ali Bags there. Um, but he's also worked on his boxing, of course. Uh, a lot of good people to to work on your boxing with at the American Top Team camp, uh, as we've seen a lot of fighters uh, improve that while being there. And uh, Horiguchi, no different. Um, it's hard because he doesn't really get like formed fighters going at him with like a lot of traditional jabs, and although he he, 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 uh, he's been jabbing more himself. He is not like a jabber in the sense of, you know, as Sergio Pettis is, right? Um, as far as going to it as much, obviously. But what I will say, and again, it's hard to key in because I even second-guessed myself and went back to watch, and I'm like, was having trouble just within a 24-hour period going back to find the same footage, uh, which I did, but it just... You know, it's one of those reads where you almost second guess yourself, but I feel like Koriguchi's been much better at countering straight shots and jabs, um, going over the top of him, uh, and just drawing in and going over the top, like really just finding his groove, um, 
reading and encouraging that negative space uh, and, and turning into positive space, right, in between two fighters. Um, the potential problem, though, is Sergio Pettis is one of the few fighters in the division that can hold a candle to his distance management. And you see this with both in there, the way they get out of leg kicks. When they don't have to check, they can kind of just slide back. Um, even when they're inching forward, uh, even when it, it's, you know, you think they'd be caught out of position into it and, and the, the opponent's trying to time them in, they still kind of can hit that slide back. That's one of many, uh, not absolute, but impartial to paint a picture to tell you if a, a fighter's got some good distance management that... That's one of just one aspect of it, right, uh, of many, right? Uh, but they both have that. Uh, and they both just have those those reads. Obviously, Sergio Moore using it to not just pull back out of leg kicks, but his pull, uh, pull return counters, uh, his patented right-hand counter, right, um, from his jab initiations, and he'll pull back and counter with that right hand. So a lot of the things Sergio does is based off that. Um, so that could perhaps stymie some of the success that Horiguchi has or is expecting. But by that same token, um, not many fighters hold a, hold a candle to Horiguchi's speed. And he is going to be definitely the faster fighter of the two. Um, so I like him to have more emphatic, his chances to have more emphatic moments to either win rounds or finish the fight outright, which I believe was my official pick by the third round. However, if he doesn't, uh, he can more than capably, again, win a decision and win rounds. Not just the harder shots on the feet, but uh, I do believe Horiguchi is the better wrestler. Pettis has made many improvements to it um, against the cage and whatnot, but Horiguchi can hit stuff in open space. Um, works really well against the fence, even uh, you know, uh, with combating the kind of the get-up meta. Uh, you know, as far as finding out a leg, reaching, you know, reaching, reaching around for a cross wrist, punishing with shots, trying to get the chest over the back, draping weight. Um, he does that sort of thing really well. And Pettis obviously has really good sweeps and deceptive from the bottom. But I feel like if you're a competent grappler, you just kind of have to worry about the initial momentum and that first layer response as far as scrambling goes. But if you can shut down that initial scramble and not allow Pettis to kind of uh, get some butterflies or some other things going to help working with momentum as, so well as he does, uh, then I think um, a fighter like Horiguchi with good top game and ground and pound, we saw that pressure when he was able to get on uh, Caldwell or other fighters using that shoulder pressure. Um, not as fast and loose like he used to be in his crazy B days where he was looking for more ground and pound and just creating action. Uh, which is good here. You, you want to be more of a control and pressure on Sergio Pettis. So again, a lot of tools to win the decision, but I officially picked Gucci inside the distance. I just feel like Pettis is live, not just to win rounds and upset like he does, but maybe even by by a knockout. I feel like he's he's, he's been sitting on his power more um, or getting a grasp of his power more, especially not having to worry about the weight cuts, embracing 135 Sergio Pettis. And uh, it's not the first time we've seen uh, Horiguchi stopped or rocked from a counter right hand, you know? That's how uh, Kaio Sakura got him. Not the same style Sergio Pettis, obviously, but the dynamic is clearly there. Uh, so it's a pick on Gucci, but there's some value on Pettis. So I don't hate anybody um, sprinkling on that. I think shout out to my guy Hal. I think he took a shot. Um, picked Sanchez over Kennedy. Uh, nothing else that really have a... Oh, Shabley. Yeah, Shabley's there. Minus 1375. Go figure. 
Um, I'm gonna check out my. I'm gonna tally up my Bell, my Bellator uh, prospect article. I think the only loss on there is like Stotts, uh, Magomedov to Stotts or something. But uh, we'll see. Uh, to Kamaka, yeah, nothing else I really looked at or will be playing. So you guys don't need my uh, opinion there. What time? Sixteen ten. All right, we're gonna go over to uh, UFC. Vegas 44 UFC Fight Night Fonch vs. Aldo UFC on ESPN 31 um, Again, this is another main event I got uh, the in-depth Over at uh, MMA Junkie Some gifts, stats All the fun stuff um, I think I even squeezed in a An Edward Gallo MMA gif Shouts to Ed on the fight site, um, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a good breakdown. But basically, um, kind of like I alluded to with the last fight, this one really so much feels like uh, you know both fighters can jab. One fighter is more offensively active with it, and you know in general, according to the statistics, which is font, which I said, and I'm glad I said that early because I'm seeing everybody you know, um, just. Uh, you know, it's just not. I'm not shitting. It's what. What, what are you gonna do? What are you, gonna, you, know, you grab onto what you can grab onto, and even if it's a muddled sample size of stats, that is MMA. It is still a sample you can grab onto. Uh, and I'm seeing a lot of pointing onto that. Um, but the potential problem with all these stats, and you know, people who you know land more than five uh, second, you know, um, Aldo uh, Aldo loses to, or or this or that, or um, the thing is, is Volume can beat and over overload counterpunchers, so I don't want to make it sound like a, a a very simple equation. But what often isn't taken into account is that not just counters can dissuade volume, but if you got the right kind of volume coming at the right kind of countering style, then I, I believe it it can, which is what I'm supposing even the right word. Sorry, folks, I'm not very well slept as per usual. Um, I, I, I guess that's what I'm... What I, what I'm uh, I, I guess you could say banking on, because I ended up making a small play, even though I really wanted to stay away from this fight. It just ended up being, you know, one of the more... I don't know. One of the more uh, clear dynamics. And it's going to be, can Font jab and get his volume and off of his jabbing uh, volume off without getting countered. Because uh, not only is Jose Aldo, can he counter and is he an amazing counterfighter? As I say, my breaking, you know, my breakdown, he's referred to as the King of Rio, but just as well as the King of Counters when you look at everything from his wrestling style, his striking style, um, so on and so forth. But more specifically is he has some real hardwire counters to counter off of straights particularly fighters that want to uh, jab with him. Um, you know, he uh, has gotten much better with uh, his slips as well as his, uh, obviously, his inside slips, which he'll attach to pivots, left hooks, um, and that can also attach to uh, right hands over the top, which feed into his more classic combinations of old, like the duchy, the left hook liver, right leg kick, um, and he's been kicking more, thankfully. Uh, maybe not as much as people would like, but a whole lot more. I, I, yet, I'm still hearing, again, I'm not, not trying to shit. I just, I get it, you know. Um, 
not everybody's diving in the footage, nor is it their job and whatnot. But I was hearing a lot of like interviews, coverage, and whatnot, just saying like, ah, oh, he doesn't throw his leg kicks anymore. I'm like, I don't know if that's true. He's actually been throwing them. Um, he's been kicking more in general since moving down to uh, bantamweight. I know he was very boxing centric on his last fight, um, although he, he actually landed downstairs to or to the legs to. Pedro Munoz as well, uh, just uh, obviously more um, checks and reminding people, you know, of his defense and stuff. So it's just like, yeah, man, and the guy's just great, continues to evolve. Um, listening to his explanations, I like as far as that goes. You know, he didn't want to be predictable with the kicks is why he made that initial move, he said. And there's also injury talk. But I, I do like this. He said, you know, fighters have been around so long, you can study me and whatnot, and that's very true. So that's good to him to change things up. Though some things at their bases don't change, which is probably why there is some likes to that stat of fighters who land X amount of strikes beat him. I don't think it's as simple as fighters who land X amount of strikes per minute at whatever arbitrary sample they draw from this arbitrary sport. <laughs> Volatile sport, I should say. Um, n- no, but what it speaks to often is that if they're doing that at the elite level, they must have some type of an elite process to do that with. And not saying Font doesn't have an elite process or a good process. He does have a good process. But, you know, does he have um, does he have all the tools and in conjunction needed to make that process kind of happen at, at, the, at the, the, the highest levels, which is what Jose Aldo, I, I believe, still fights within. Obviously, he's not in his prime. He's past prime Aldo, but... His speed still looked very good in his last fight. His cardio, especially for the output, um, looked much better. It was really hard to tell because uh, with the with the, the Cheeto Vera one, it looked like it was trending badly, but we never really got to see it play out, to say definitively, because he was still able to control and be in good spirits at the end. Um, but um, he looked in good shape and looked like he still could have gone rounds against Pedro Munoz. And... Um, you know, not to mention just that, that that striking pace that he was throwing out there. Not only did he still look fast, um, I believe he's going to be faster than Rob Font, which isn't the craziest thing to say if you actually really wa- watch the footage. And like I told Clint, it's not to say that Font is slow. He's not slow by any means, but he, he's not exactly fast compared to the bantamweights you have in, in that division, much less even Aldo, even at this advanced stage of his career. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so Font, you know... Also, you know, seeing a lot of talk as far as like the analog of Max Holloway, and he's technically is a longer reach than Max Holloway, although he'll still only be an inch and a half longer than Jose, um, and he'll be an inch taller on paper, right? So he'll have the length, he'll have the jab, he'll have the feints, and it sounds like he's really studied those fights, so he knows what he has to do. I'm sure he already had to play Max Holloway for Calvin Cater, right? So. Um, it makes sense to look at that analog for multiple ways because Font himself seems to be looking at that analog and kind of admitted himself that he looks looking at that analog, right? And has had to play that analog, right, for another fighter and another fight. Um, the thing is, though, even though it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, um, it doesn't fly like a duck. Ducks, 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 ducks. Sorry. <laughs> uh, then we start in a Mighty Ducks tangent again. Um, but, uh, you know, he doesn't have the same building qualities or <clears throat> sensibilities that Holloway does. 
Now, Holloway wasn't going full Brian Ortega building, um, which, or to state the obvious as far as the differences between them. But still, I, I still feel like um, Cody was both rusty, gassing, and maybe even dealing with COVID. And Font kind of let him back into the fight a little bit. And if you watch the directionality, there's some smart things because he's he's backing up and he's backing off and looking at angles and changing his levels when he starts finding excessive exchanges, which is good. Maybe he's trying to draw out that big counter, which he should have been aware of and trying to draw out and was looking to refire. However, whether the, that big counter came or didn't, he didn't really refire. So in essence, it was jab, suffocate, shift one feeling in stride, which is normal font stuff. But then he would he would let him he would let him off the cage again and reset. He would let him back into space and reset. And if Cody wasn't stuck out of ideas, tired, plus his natural propensity to play on the outside sometimes anyways, um, at least in that fight, uh it, it kind of felt like you could argue that when did when Cody did decide to take the initiative and come forward, he could whenever he wanted to, and, and then push push Font back with with little. I don't I, I don't want to say effort because it took effort, but little momentum. That's for damn sure because Cody didn't have damn damn much of any of that fight. However, again, when he did, not only could he push Font back, but when he was able to push Font back and meaningfully pressure him, we saw some responses of old, like from the Lineker fight and other fighters who were able to meaningfully pressure um, fought. And whether their fighters, when fighters meaningfully pressured them, they had trouble, right? Especially if they pressured and countered, like Lineker did, and Aldo can do, or if they were just a competent and savvy veteran counter-striker that could do it off the back foot if they needed to as well, like a Sun Tzu did, and Aldo can do, right? And uh, we've seen Font take desperation shots. I remember, you know, okay, you know, on my many attempts to fade Pedro Munoz, uh, going, you can't just keep walking into punches forever. Font's going to be lighting them up with uppercuts and jabs. And and yes, Font did. Uh, But when Munoz was able to just, you know, hit him the good time and meaningfully pressure off of it, um, he was able to kind of force like a panic shot out. I was like, oh, man, just it was just the right thing, I remember thinking, you know. But when I look at past fights, that, that happens before, too. It happens with Lineker to the point where not only does he force the kind of frantic shots, and again, that was earlier in Font's career. That was record crowd, UFC 198. Ooh, vamos, right? That was just right. But still, you see him not just kind of frantic shot, but almost pull guard. Now fast forward all the way to peak Font, in control, up on the rounds against Cody Garbrandt. And credit to Garbrandt, he listened to his corner, he came out, and, you know, it was almost of Garbrandt of old, which arguably maybe what he should have been doing, right? The, the whole time. Um, But still, regardless of what he wants to do, like, how much was left? He looked like he was on almost on his way out at certain points up into that point. Gassed, it looked like he gassed maybe... Yeah, he got a second and third wins, clearly. But the point was, he put the pack down so many times. But Font didn't get him out of there. And it was good that he stayed disciplined. That was his goal. And he was in the zone. And I'm not criticizing him for not finishing. But more criticizing of not being able to at least hold the initiative if you're not going to finish. And even though he stayed very focused and more focused than he would have been, and there was no doubt in how that fight was scored. If you 
if you if you want, want to be critical and nitpick, you look at the fifth round, not just the initiative and the shots landing, but he forced Font to shoot, uh, I believe, twice. He makes him shoot at least once in that round. And Font shot before and was successful. He kept a decent percentage. Has worked on his wrestling. Not a bad thing to mix things up. If you want to overload, make a guy like Aldo wrestle, maybe that's not a bad idea, right? Uh, although I wouldn't suggest that because, A, you're not, I don't think he's going to take Aldo down unless Aldo's really hurt or something. And, B, um, it'll make Aldo work, but it also could just give him positions that he can do a lot more damage from than, than a Sun Sal was, right? Um but you also go back to that fifth round against Cody, I think the second time and toward the end of the round. He kind of, and I know it's off of a level change and Cody was coming at him. And maybe it was one of those things like, oh, well, uh, I feel much safer uh, pulling guard than breaking away and eating a hook, a wild hook on off the break, right? But it's just like, well, Cody's a wrestler and a knockout puncher. You're going to put yourself, a, you've had length and movement this whole fight. You're going to put yourself in, in grasp for him to punch you at the end of the fight? Um, and he kind of pulled guard there, you know, and I know it's at the end of the fight. I know he's already winning and all these things, but if we're being critical, which is my job and, you know, I, I hope you're being somewhat critical if you're, if you're laying money and I know a lot of the gamblers, there's some serious ones that do follow me. So again, whatever your process is, hopefully you have one. And, uh, that's just something I got to consider. Right. Um, and again, I'm going to be betting on a fighter with, 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 with fucking way more flags than that. So I'll color me hypocrite you know uh but for this fight i just see that and i'm like oh crap aldo could just bank around and not only just bank around but that i don't think he'd have to spend too much gas to uh to compete with font down there um i know font was able to sweep sergio pettis but that was like beating up sergio and bullying him around after that happened right and i don't know if he's going to be able to do that to to aldo so Aldo could finish him. Like you can make a case for either fighter in any round. That's how kind of crazy this fight is, and competitive it is. I'm officially picking Aldo by decision, but I feel like the second round is going to tell the story of this fight, and there could be you know even a possible finish for Aldo in that round. So if you like Font and you don't think Aldo can make it to the cards or win on the cards, then I say you play the under four and a half for plus money as a hedge slash possible bonus. But I also believe that that same argument can be used the other way if you're like me and you're sprinkling small, kicking for coverage, playing the underdog in Aldo. Obviously, Font can win a decision, but even though I'm picking Aldo by decision, um, I feel like Font is going to, whether he wins a decision or not, he's going to need early success. And if he has early success, well, then maybe it'll be a snowball running downhill and he'll just need to finish it, right? Uh Whereas Aldo, you know, again, I'm picking him by decision, but he could very well finish this, or you know, uh, you know, any time before four rounds are up as well. So there's an argument. I'm not saying to do it. I'm not. I, I'm not saying I will. I haven't. Right. I'm just just saying as far as angle goes in a really volatile fight, that under four and a half at plus money, especially because it opened at even or minus money. Um, you know, it's hard to hate anybody sprinkling on that, right? All right, next fight, uh, Rafael Fiziev, uh, minus 125. Brad Radell, hi, Riddell, um, plus 105. Um, yeah, basically, I'm picking Riddell here, but I'm staying away from this fight for sure, especially since I sprinkled on Aldo. I really got to at least enjoy some of the hardcore fights without a betting interest, right? That and this fight's going to be crazy, you know? I think the obvious dynamic is Fiziev wins the first because Riddell's a slow starter, but Riddell... Turns everything into a dogfight, right? And has strong third rounds all the time. So, 
Um, Fazeev Gas is in the third round. Um, in essence, that you know is the a third round finish. You know that that's the recipe that you think I'd be all over, but. Uh, kind of like I told my guy Clint um, in these fights, and it could be wrong. We didn't see it in Burns and Usman. There's examples of it where it wasn't, but I feel like the intangible. If you want to, you know, bank on an intangible, or shout out to to my guys over uh, over there at Combat uh, Chronic Combat Conversations. If you want to fade the narrative, right, um, in these fights, is it, uh, it's that uh, training partners when they train together, they know each other, and they're going to be more conservative. More is on the line. It's a co-main event. A lot of times uh, with the guys that I knew the best, it will be toughest. I would have the hardest matches because we knew each other's moves. We knew each other's strength, whether it was on the ground or on the feet. And you don't throw as much. Now you incorporate, you know, an arena that's like the apex and it's not like a super loud one. So you're not getting that adrenaline. You're getting the fight adrenaline, sure. But you're not getting the crowd adrenaline. Uh, so you feel like you're in the sparring match. But yet you have all the stakes of a real fight. Um I don't know. I feel like I feel like this fight's gonna be super conservative. Um, the over unders, yeah. This thing, my, if you got the minus one fifty over two and a half, yeah, maybe. But um, now it's obviously in the minus two hundred realm. Uh, so yeah, I, I stayed away. Uh, I stayed away from this one, and I'm gonna pick Riddell. But uh, here's how I might play it. You might want to consider live betting. Uh, especially if, like, whether you hedge out Fazeev or just, you know, like me, you, like, don't want to play this fight, but then if a certain scenario comes in, well, here's how Riddell's plus number turns even bigger plus number. Fazeev not only gets a big round, uh, which is going to be a given, right? And even then you're still going to be at risk to play Riddell because you're still going to get a bigger plus number than plus 105 or whatever you got him at, right, at the end of that first round. But here's where it's worth it. Not because you're going to get a higher number, but this is how I think he's going to win. If you're betting Riddell or picking Riddell or a Riddell fan, you don't just want Fazeev to have a good round. You want him to have a really good first round. Like, you want him to hurt Riddell. Uh, because Riddell seems really hard to put out. Um, he'll cut up and he'll show damage for sure. He can get rocked. But he, he's a guy who will fight for your money, right? He's he's a he's a dog out there. He's durable. He's a big, thick set guy. Um You you want like a almost like a ten eight round almost, you know. You want him to like get rocked, uh, if not dropped at a certain point and have to like fight fight his way back in that round, right? Uh then not only do you get even a bigger plus number, but I say that because then um whatever con- conservativeness one or both fighter have as if, if they end up hurting each other almost by ha- I don't want to say by accident or happenstance that they're that's what they're going in there to do but you know what I mean like they hurt each other and they almost didn't 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 realize it because they, or didn't mean to because it, it ends up being a conservative fight well then conservativeness goes out the window right um a b if it's Faziev, uh that's the hammer side of that equation well that's good because he's the guy with the questionable tank uh, if you're betting against him um, so in, in those cases, you almost want, especially if it's a durable guy, you're depending to come back late and win uh, outright or for a third round finish. Um, you almost want them to almost come to the point of losing because that's going to take take out all the adrenaline gas tank out of their fighter. And then you just have to bank on your durable fighter, as he's hopefully done before, I'm assuming, to come back into the fight again. And that's what I see kind of happening here. But it's not an incredibly confident call because um, if that doesn't happen and it's just a good round, then I still feel like he's going to have more than a 
uh, you know, enough gas physiev uh, f- uh, to uh, win the second round. So I'm going to pick R- Riddell here, but it's not um, confident. Next fight, Leo Santos minus 195, Clay Guida plus 165. Um I thought we were going to maybe get like a dollar discount uh, on Santos coming down to almost minus 165, but he did it. So uh, I picked him, but uh, yeah, this is tough. Um, I know Guida's training with Team Alpha Male, Team Guillotine, but I still feel like he can be subbed, man. For a guy who is the Energizer Bunny and has all these things, he's always been very fast to tap if you can find his neck. And... You know, Leo Santos, I know he's 40 now, and he, he definitely looked to have age as far as the gas tank goes in his last fight, but this is the first time since, like, 2015 and, like, over half a decade that he's gotten a fight, like, twice in one year. So uh, I think that'll make the difference. He looks in better shape and healthier and uh, just looks better uh, in his Instagram leading up to this one than his last one. Um, so uh, it's nothing that you should even really play, but if you do play anything or if you know, you can feel free to follow me, which is I just I literally put 0.17 unit on uh, Leo Santos by sub at plus 375. That's it. Um, another sub prop I played is Jimmy Crute minus 165. Jamal, Jamal Hill plus 145. Bolt the door if you're coming in. There's one thing about Jamal's is when they get shoved, they get shoved hard. That's right, Mr. Connery. Why are you looking at me like Reby? I will teach you to read, Jamal. Uh, Jesus Christ. That was really... Jesus, Mr. Connery. That was He was kind of borderline racist, wasn't he, in that movie, Finding Forrester? That, that's, by the way, that's what I reference. There's a... There's a, there's a, there's a uh, it's actually... He, he helps him write. He's like already a smart kid, actually, in that movie. It's a really good movie, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I If I was, you know... you know, If I was a kid, I, I definitely would not trust Mr. Connery if he invited me in his apartment, but that's a story for another day. And I guess the point is, is you, you hope the, 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 the Jamals in the MMA world have learned their lesson and they stay the hell away out of the apartment of these submission-savvy people. You know, you want to stay out of those kitchens, folks. Um, because whether it's Emmers or Hill, uh, you know, when the, when the Jamals get subbed, they get subbed hard, right? Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know if uh, Mr. Crude is the same as Mr. Connery in, in that sense, but no, just Mr. Crude is... a uh, well, I like the rear naked choke because of my chest. It helps me stick to their back. That's Sean Connor if he was a grappler. Uh, no, Jimmy Crute, um, I don't know if he has any Scottish blood, but he has a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt is what counts. He can actually wrestle. I'm sure Hill is working really hard on that, and it sucks. I'm actually, you know, listening to Hill, like, post his Craig fight and heading into this fight, like, it's really endeared me toward the guy. I really like his attitude, and it makes me really want to root for him, especially since, you know, Apparently, he's lost a lot of people in his life, had a crazy, turbulent training camp by the sound of it. So as a human being, you know me, uh, I know I make inappropriate jokes, as you can tell, and I'm, I'm, I'm dumb and all these other things you can say about me, sure, but I do have an empathetic side, and uh, yeah, man, as a human, I'm absolutely rooting for, for Jamal. But again, turbulent training camp, you're getting thrown back into a bad stylistic matchup with a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt uh, who can actually wrestle pretty decently and certainly wrestle better than the guy who just submitted you inside in your fighting inside the smaller cage um man it's hard not to it's hard not to pick uh to pick a jimmy fucking grudy um jimmy Groot. uh so i'm gonna go with uh Crute. uh 
you'll see in the betting article, I put both plus sub by sub plus 240 and inside the distance plus 105. Um, it's because different houses offer different things. One of my houses don't offer sub, so I took inside the distance. For that, I put half a unit. But for the sub prop, uh, I put 0.33 units. Again, playing small, trying to build the bank back up. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, um, so I just I just played that. And then I, I, I actually ended up pairing Crute up with somebody uh, further down the card. Because I did say he was a parlay piece, but this card sucks for parlays. And I wasn't going to parlay, but then, uh, you know... For my parlay players, uh, I, I did write a suggestion, and even though I didn't say it wasn't an official play or official, I'm going to go to the bank, you should too kind of a thing, I did suggest it, and uh, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, as I as I always do. Uh, so we'll get to that when we get to that. Oh, and then, like I said, on my man, uh, Clint Show, I did sprinkle a bit on the um, round one and round twos, uh, which is like plus 220, uh, round one, plus 550, round two. Um, I got them for plus 500 to plus 700 because I did the round two submission props and bet online on one of my houses for fun. Again, these are very small sprinkles, like 0.17 U's. Um, yes, Jamal. Actually, Jamal. Uh, all right, Dan, stop turning uh, celebrities into perverts. Uh, next fight, we got Brandon Allen minus 365, Chris Curtis plus 280. You know, this... this I didn't pull the trigger on this sub prop, but I, you know, I feel like that this could be there. Although the more I think about it, the more I think this one goes to a decision. Um, in which case, I do think the favorite comes through. Um, maybe there's a little bit of PTSD if you were uh, back in Phil Hawes and, and and you got burned by Curtis, but I don't think so because he opens at minus three hundred and money only comes in on Allen. So I don't think there's too much PTSD in the market for that. Um, much respect to the right-handed southpaw, Chris Curtis, real nice guy. I interviewed him before, but, uh, yeah, I got Allen here. Not just for the small cage, getting after it with the grappling, but uh, although I hope he doesn't fall in love with his strikes, he seems like he sounds like he knows what he needs to do in this fight. But, uh, you know, I also don't hate the body-kicking-kicking kicking range, given um, the length he's going to have on Curtis, the stance uh, and opposing stances at play. Um, so, yeah, whether he's at distance or preferably pushing in, um, I think this should be Allen's fight to win. He could be another parlay piece there. Maybe you interchange him, Adam, um, you know, with uh, Kroot. Uh, wasn't the one I just hinted at, but, you know, it's something there. Um, fight goes to the de decision as plus money, which uh, I may look at uh, if I'm up on money at this point of the card. Uh, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, Brendan Allen probably by decision. Uh, Brian Barberina minus 120, Darian Weeks plus 100. This one's kind of a head-scratcher, and it didn't open uh, that much, uh, you know. Uh, it still opened pretty close is what I should say, but you, you remind yourself that Brian Barberina, how he's looked recently, which is not good, um, but not just your spe speculation or interpretation of not looking good, but if you follow his story, there's plenty of reasons for that. He's had a lot of health problems, um, not because of directly, but, you know, Probably like since I'd say his is that brutal fight with Luke, right? Um, he's had plenty of health problems uh, from back to like organ stuff to where he almost like bleed and abscess or something like crazy stuff. You guys know I'm a big Bam Bam fan uh, since cashing on him big against Sage North got back in the day. Um, always been a big Bam Bam fan, still am. I'm gonna pick him here. Uh, but yeah, I admittedly didn't look at Darian Weeks. I read his profile. Apparently, he's an ex-football player who has a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu blue belt. Um, it's face competition that uh, both on paper and by the looks of it, 
Uh, it looks like he was supposed to win those fights, let's just say. He was supposed to face Josh Quinlan, which would have been a good fight. Josh Quinlan, very talented. Cornered against Quinlan myself. Shouts to my guy, uh, Rodney Edgar. Um, but, yeah, um, it's, uh, it's a big jump. And, you know, you almost hope Darian Weeks doesn't beat a, a staple guy like Brian Barberina at his age and his record because he's just going to be thrown to the wolves, you know. Um, so I'm going to take Brian Barberina. I don't know if it's inside the distance or uh, like a late finish or a decision probably, probably more like a decision. But I'll pick Barberina, and I might not might regret not playing for that entry price. But, um, yeah, the number's scaring me, and it's reminding me of, of, of why. So, yeah, I stayed away. Next fight, uh, <laughs> Best Fight Odds has it written as Durko to Doravir. <laughs> Let's call Durko to Doravir. has a weird, like, face. I pictured Dusko making a weird face if his name was Durko. 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 Durko to Doravir. <laughs> Dusko to Doravir. Dusko. Dusty. Dusty Rose is a sweet summer sausage. Uh, versus uh, Maki Coconut Bombs Patolo. Um, I feel like I always bet on Maki Patolo and get burned, but I didn't last time. I actually bet on Marquez by sub, and if you tailed me, you made some money, and that uh, that reinforced my read, and we have to cash again on him by sub against Alvi, I believe. So, you know, again, I will go against that Hawaiian extreme couture bias, folks, but uh, no, I am picking and, and backing um, Patolo. I, I didn't like it as much as plus 140, much less plus 135. I liked it better the opener, like plus two to one. That was off. Uh, no issue with Todorovic being favored, but he's kind of gotten that benefit of the doubt all the way through and hasn't really earned it, in my opinion, you know? Um, even when he was winning and people were picking him and this and that, uh, even his supporters, myself, were like, mm, defense, that way he moves his head he's going to get taxed for it and he did by another hawaiian from extreme couture a friend of maki patolo's puna soriano's gotta imagine they traded notes but different fighters the southpaw versus a uh, more orthodox fighter though patolo has been shifting the southpaw much more shifting a lot of course working with uh, eric nixick who uh is uh ranked been working under a half decade with bang muay thai systems as well as uh, other influences so you know, that's no surprise to see the shifting offense there. Um, but I do believe that the body work's actually going to be really good. Um, not only is everybody who's thrown at Dusko Dorovic landed at a high clip, they should be landing on a high clip because when you, um, whether your hands are low or high, if you're just worried about your head to the point where you're just using trunk movement and uh, going straight back, your body's going to be there. You know, you can move your head off the trunk movement, but the body and legs are going to be there. And I think Patolos are going to have those targets. Um, the elephant in the room, though, and this is something I even, you know, you know, yeah, I won't say that publicly. I, I share this with people, so I won't be offending. I'll just say that. Um, and there might be something mental there, right? Uh, he's dropped the ball a few times before. No secret. Um, and for that alone, you know, uh, should be on the no bet list. But hey, if I'm wrong, Patolo's not going to be in the UFC, which means he won't be on any bet list for me or, or majority of the listeners here. So, um, you know, uh, this is more third times, uh, fourth times the charm, whereas, you know, this could be the third time falling for uh, in a row for uh, Todorovic. Again, haven't been impressed. And say what you will about their games. And again, I don't just necessarily disagree that Todorovic should be favored, even though I didn't agree with the opener. Um, 
who's improved more since being in the UFC? And without a doubt, it was Patolo. He's improved more. He is the more he came in with a more diverse range of skills, even though he doesn't have the same martial arts ranks as Todorovic. You know, Todorovic karate uh, black belt. You see, shows more of that than he does his Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, which I haven't seen really any of that. And I don't think it's going to be an issue here. I think the better grappler is going to be Patolo because he's the better wrestler. Small cage. I don't think Todorovic is going to have the uh, guards uh, or the guillotine to get him out of there. Uh, the front chokes to get him out of there. Um, let's see what what how many submissions does do? I know it's probably it's bad competitions. Only three. Alexander Popik was the last one. Yep, I was guessing an RNC. He does have a oh, he does have an arm bar from his back. Well, it's like his second fight in his first fight over half a decade ago was a guillotine in the first round. So he knows how to do these things, but um, I'm guessing it's like RNC or buses, and like someone has to give up and give them their back. They've already been rocked and they fall into the ground because I don't see the grappling wrestling the process um, to get submissions. So. He's really going to have to count on Maki Patolo giving him one. And you know what? If if fucking Marcos Hagerio de Lima can avoid giving his goddamn neck every once in a while, then I'm, I'm going to bet Maki Patolo can this time. And considering he's given his neck a lot, you know, I'm going to... Uh, Gonna gonna borrow a borrow a line from the Greek gambler and use some regression. Go with some regression there. Um, so yeah, I, I took very, again small Patolo, uh, barely half a unit laid on him, uh, and and that's it. Um, next fight, Manal Cop minus two seventy five. Jalgas Jumagula plus two twenty. Again, this line's too wide. This is me again. Uh, I'm picking the underdog and I'm playing him here. Um, it's just it's another it's another hyped up favorite who I don't feel like has deserved his price tags. Um, he's underperformed. Um, not that he's a bad guy or a bad fighter, but I feel like those things are are, are factually true, right? Uh, they've arguably underperformed to the amount they've won, to the amount they fought, to the amount they've been favored, to the amount they've both won and performed, right? You mentioned those things. They, 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 the math does not add up. Potential in the belief can be there. Okay, fine. That's, that's sure. Um, but, um, you know, as far as the performances and the prices go, it just doesn't match up, and we're getting that again here. Uh, could could Cap win? Sure. He already thinks he's won, according to his interviews, which is another big red flag for me. A guy who already looks susceptible to that and kind of goofs around and can, you know, because um, it's not a gas tank thing with him. That's the ironic part. He's a flyweight. He should be putting up a lot of, uh, volume, but sure, maybe he's a big flyweight and he does cut a lot of weight. He's already wearing the sweats a week out, which is always a bad sign, no matter what the weight class. If you're about, you know, if you're over four or five days out and you're already doing um, sauna sweats, I don't know. That's that feels like some old school method. That's not good to be draining yourself. Um, but with him, it doesn't seem to uh, to affect him. It's more just his style of just kind of come see come sa. He's just. He's, you know, he'll take it or leave it, um, and and that that kind of that can show to cost him. And against a durable fighter, um, again, not as athletic, not as fast, not going to blow him out of the water in any particular area. But by that same token, that could be quietly cop's hardest matchups. Guys like Zhaoge Zhumagulov can fight from both stances, can wrestle against the cage from negative and positive positions, um, can counter. 
mainly goes just like another the other dog I backed. He body punches as well. Uh, Juma Gulov has that um, Volkanovski step in. He times it well. The step in two to the body and comes up with the left hook. He's got a really good left hook actually. Um, and against you know against cop uh, left hands, uh, both Ode Osborne from Southpaw is lighting him up with the left hand. Uh, as well as, uh, obviously, Nikolaou's got some nice left hooks to him. It was, it was hitting him with that shot. So left hands and Horiguchi as well. And granted, again, Horiguchi's got a really nice left hand. But the point is, left hands disproportionately land seem on cop more than uh, rights, which makes sense. A, a guy who likes to counter, a guy who's kind of lackadaisical, um, he's going to be looking for the big shots because that's what he gives. So naturally, you give something, you're going to be look, you're going to have a, a probably a more natural keener eye and defense to it if you're good at it, right? Um, but it's more of the sneaky technical follow-up stuff, stuff from the left side for whatever reason, uh, or his right side, right? Depending on your perspective there. But the point is, I see a lot of the shots lining up and Jumagulov, he might not be the highest guy himself. He may prefer to counter in, in a lot of performances we've seen. Uh, but he still is more consistent and puts up a better pace. Uh, by the eye tests, um, by the stats for whatever those are worth, those those do back it up as well for whatever it's worth. Um, he, he he fights at a higher, more consistent pace than Cap, and in a fight that seems destined to go to decision either way. Um, again, these fights can be volatile. These these female fights or these flyweight fights where there's no finish and there's a lot of action and scrambles, because then you're counting on the judges to be good, and we're in Vegas, baby, and this is a small cage, um, and. You know, Jagaju Magulov not as lucky in the decision department as he was in FNG, but he's been known to get some some bounces because win or lose, and whether you think he should win or lose, the guy draws close fights because he's durable Kazakh Jim Norton. Uh, so at a place like two two twenty, um, I can't help but take a shot. That price is big enough for a half unit shot, uh, no more than that. You didn't have to put that much on it, um, but uh, it's tough because I, I did it in one house because. By decision is only like plus 275 and their money line was plus 230. I'm like, fuck that. God forbid this guy gets a finish or something because he showed he can finish too is the thing. So I just kicked for the money line. But um, it's listing in some houses, so I'm waiting for drop uh, at plus 330. If I can get plus 300 or, or above it, obviously, um, I'll take the decision prop instead because that's what I was originally aiming for per uh, Clint's podcast earlier this week that that hasn't changed, but the numbers can affect the opinion, right? The price can affect the opinion. So um, I'm essentially just playing money line or decision prop, whichever has a not whichever has a better number. But uh, again, decision prop if it's plus 300 or over. Otherwise, the money line is juicy enough to where you don't have to lay a lot to sprinkle on it on it. Um, so that's what I'm gonna do. Jumagulov also, by the way, full camp at American Top Team did this camp with Horiguchi. Uh, a former cap partner and a, a good analog, uh, all things considered. Um, plus all the other people there, you know, he's already, uh, he, this would be his, like a second camp down there, I believe. He's cross-trained there before, but he did the full camp. Um, looks ready to go. Whereas, um, by the way, I know, as a trader to my own, uh, cap looks like he's been basing himself out of Extreme Couture this time around. Still traveling around. Within Vegas and outside of it, but uh, basing himself around Extreme Couture. Um, mainly JP Bays, which I don't know. He seems to to drop out of the picture, which makes sense. It seems like there's some drama in that that uh, household. I don't know what you want to call it. We'll 
we'll get to that. Not really. I don't. I could care less, and I don't have any information. I wouldn't fucking give it if I did. But uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know who, who Cap's training with. But he is at a good camp, obviously, um, as well. Uh, but I got. I got. I got Jalgashimagula, Kazakh Jim Norton. Next fight, uh, Jake Matthews. Jake. Jake Matthews. Jake Matthews. Minus one eighty. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Was a good friend of mine. Sorry. Uh, plus 155. Um, boy, did it take his time. Uh, this fight, I bet you it's going to be boring as shit. Uh, I picked Matthews, but I don't trust him. Um, yeah, uh, not much on this fight. I'm going to pick Matthews to win. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to get Jeremiah Wells out of there. Um, but, uh, yeah, Matthews by decision or by submission, I guess, if you're, but I, I wouldn't lay the chalk on him. Um, and I wouldn't really play this one too heavily at, at all. I'm just staying away. Next fight, uh, Cheyenne Bays slash Cheyenne uh, Velismus is what her name was when I, when I first started trading with her when she was an amateur back in the Dizay. Um, minus 190, whatever name, uh, Mallory Martin is the other name, plus 160. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Cheyenne here. Uh, again, not confident in it. Uh, Mallory Martin, you know, she seems to be in the shape of her life. Uh, a lot of female training partners in that Denver area. Shouts to my guy, Sean Madden. Uh, good coaches in her corner. Um, maybe it's that vibe to the unsteadiness. This could be the perfect spot for an upset here. So for that reason, I'm going to pick Cheyenne, but I am not going to play her. Uh, I'm not going to disrespect uh uh, Martin and her team in this spot. Good luck if you are. I just stayed away from this one. Next fight, Alonzo Menafield minus one fifty. Thick Willie, Willie Thickums, Thick Riri son plus one thirty. All right, Dan, easy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to go listen to my guys over the MMA analysis after this for my dessert and, and, and listen to this, then break this fight down for like the fucking third time, isn't it? It's supposed to be like the third time is this shit was supposed to happen. I know I've broken it down a bunch of times, so it feels like. But um, yeah, this I'm still going to pick Thick Willie, but I'm not as confident because this was a fight where I'm still picking Willie to, to lose until he wins, but in a different way. One, because since we've seen it, two guys have shown some positives more in the Menafield side, which is why he's the favorite um, because he actually is shown to fight at a pace. He has obviously the athletic intangibles. He's so explosive. Uh, he's got power, obviously um, really been working on his jab, uh, you know, working on his submission skills. I know hitting a Von Prue on Fabio Charant isn't like, uh, you know, the watermark, but um, still, you know, he's working on it. Uh, and those are good things because initially I thought he was going to win and then get tired and then thick Willie, despite the thickness, he's got that, you know, he's got that big guy cardio, uh, that deceptive, you know, that deceptive big guy cardio. And, um, I thought he was just going to pick it up, uh, after the first, uh, which could still happen, especially if you consider, you know, who Menafield did it to, uh, Herman, and you know, and even then, as slow as short fuse is, you know, when 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 he he was managed to lift his legs and and walk forward, he was able to get some stuff done every time he did. He just couldn't do it much because he's old Ed Herman at this point, right? Um, and Ed Herman in his prime was super slow, by the way, folks. Uh, whereas Thick Willie's actually got some decent speed for his size, um, and again, he can replenish that speed and 
I hate to use the word explosiveness because that's just like you know you know me that's I feel like that's <laughs> anyways um you know why don't we call black guys unassuming and Asian guys explosive commentators out there can we can we even it out you know <laughs> can, we, can we get some can we get some unassuming black guys and some explosive Asian guys you know you know uh, yeah dong song should help it even out that equation uh, he's a pretty explosive dude anyways but uh but no um William Knight showed, uh, I don't know if it was the traditional explosiveness, and it certainly wasn't technique in that left hook, so I don't even know what the heck it was, to be honest. But it was just that thick Willie power, you know, it, that magical power he packs um, on the inside. <laughs> and uh, we saw it with that uh, straight hook that, I don't know, it's like, yeah, I don't know what that was. His fist was on like a tetherball cord, and he just kind of let it let it fling out there. But it got the job done, and I could totally see something happening because it's not like we haven't seen random left hooks uh, put Menafield out as the fight went on before. Um, so that's going to be my pick here. I did end up playing William Knight. Um, small again, just just threw a half unit on the stupid stupidity of it. I'm probably going to regret it. Uh, I was going to pick him and not play it, but I'm just like, mm, it's plus money. It's thick willy. Went to his Instagram, you know, not stuff, you know, if, if, if I was being serious, people taking the thing stuff serious, like, and they, I think someone commented on Clint's show, like, you guys are listening, Men, it feels just as jacked, what are you guys talking about? Like, taking it personally, like, come on, obviously there's some, there's some fun hyperbole going on with Thick Willie San over here, but uh, at the same time, you know, as much as it probably would make more sense to see him working on wrestling and maybe some pad work and, you know, looking at the gyms, but... Uh, at the same time, there's something comforting about going to this man's Instagram and knowing you're just going to have him lifting weights and uh, hanging out with uh, women. But by the way, not only does he have the uh, Latina strength and conditioning coach that he usually bench presses and does, I'm sure, all sorts of things with, uh, there is a there was a blonde up in there too. So Willie is diversifying. So if I can, if we can translate what his Instagram says compared to the normal fighter, um, we can deduce two things. Is or one thing is that he's really amping up the cardio and endurance. You know. He's added another strength and conditioning coach to the program. <laughs> Easy, Dan. Easy. <laughs> Listen, man. Fucking, you be a you be thick king, Willie. Thick king. You live your day, sir. I I I'm all about the thick way. Of course, shouts to uh, Brad's Chuck, Brad, uh, my man Brad from the MMA analysis. That is. That is his nickname that he created and, and, and my personal favorite of his creations. And I just, I'm just trying to spread the good word. That's all I am. I'm just trying to spread the gospel of Thick Riri San. So um, there's that, there's, there's that, uh, there's that breakdown. Um, next fight, uh, Chris Gritzmacher, a.k.a. Hoggle uh, from Labyrinth. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Hoggle. Gritz, Gritzmacher. Minus 105. Claudio Puelez, minus 115. Um, Puelez looked improved. He's at the age to improve, which makes me weary. Uh, so uh, I'm not going to play Grits, but I'm going to pick Grits still. Still think his veteran savvy is enough to um, get it done. Puelez is just, you know, he just... The Marcos Mariano fight, that was just off of a favor for not just taking the short notice, but also being Anderson Silva's buddy. He was getting just... Wiped out by Felipe Silva for catching a Hail Mary. Um, I mean, just, you know, like I've said this before, he's, he's one of the, he was one of the worst. He was in the running for worst 145-er on the entire roster um, on his previous run. He was right up there with uh, Humberto Bandanai, you know. I mean, 
you know, running a race with that guy um, and not picking on Purdue there. It's just they didn't have they didn't have a very strong scene to come up in, and they got expedited through the uh, lat through the tail end of that um, of their Latin American promotions that the UFC was running and investing in. Um, not that they're not now with the PIs, but you know what I mean. Anyways, uh, so I, yeah, I have a hard time uh, trusting him, so I'm gonna go with Grits, but I stayed away. Azamat, uh, Mirzakhanov, minus 200. Uh, Jared, Ayavandera, give me sight beyond sight. Plus 170. Um, you're getting like a $1.50 discount on Mirzakhanov, but, um, you know, maybe to par- you still only could maybe parlay him. Uh, if he doesn't win by knockout, it's going to be a sketchy decision, especially if Vandera finally maybe decides to actually, like, you know, Uses Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Otherwise, I think it's like in Todorovic land where he just has it and doesn't really use it. Doesn't show much of it there. Um, except in like brief sp- sp- spurts. Although Vandera is, is like, a, since he's a heavyweight though, if you put him on his back, he's just lost. Um, Azamat can grapple, but there's going to be a big size difference. I was hoping Azamat moved down to middleweight. If you read Migrating the Winners article on him. Uh, instead, he stayed up at 205, where he was supposed to meet Linz, who was coming down from heavyweight. But, of course, that fight did not happen, and in steps Vandera, and now it's a heavyweight fight. So you essentially have a middleweight going against a heavyweight. Um, and middleweights can be as big as heavyweights. Look at Hobocop, uh, Marquez, these other like gorilla-like dudes, right? You know, like Julian Marquez said, middleweights are heavyweights who cut weight. Um, I, I know light heavyweights missing from that picture, but... I. I I appreciate the hyperbole, get the gist of what he's trying to say, and don't necessarily disagree with it. Uh, however, Azamat does not look as big of a guy. Slick counterpunching speed. I'm going to pick him to win. But, boy, it just I feel like the trying to see where or when, you know, is it sketchier for the short notice guy or the smaller guy if it goes longer, right? Um, trying to predict and get an angle feels tough for me, so I stayed away. Alex Morono minus 225. Mickey Gall, plus 185. In a fight that just... In a card that feels like it's Dog City and terrible for parlays. Um, I'll still stick by my comment earlier from Clint's show. Alex Morono probably still the more confident parlay piece, at least for my money. Um, we'll see. You know, uh, he could he could lose here. Uh, Mickey Gall has been getting better. Not so much by submissions. It's his punches. He's been getting better at punching and... Morono can be tagged early, but if he doesn't, um, I feel like his pace, his pacing, his pace management, his tools, his composure, all those things have improved. Uh, and uh, I think that'll carry him through here. So I paired him up with Jimmy Crute for plus 126. Um, and I just put a half unit on that. Uh, I also sprinkled 0.17 units on Morono round three at plus 1,000. Um. Part of me wants to sprinkle a little bit on decision just so I can hit some things uh, as well as hopefully hit the parlay or if Cruz fail or if Crute fails, uh, that at least I, you know, hit one of those two props uh, and same vice versa, right? If, if my Crute props hit, I'll be, I'll be happy camper. I'll make more than that than this parlay. So if Morono fails, maybe it won't hurt as bad in retrospect because if Crute wins, hopefully it'll be by the methods that I sprinkled and I will recap again if you missed that or forgot what I said. So hopefully that makes sense. But yeah, it's Morono and Crute for plus 126. A little bit of prop sprinkles between only one, no, officially right now, Morono. Just a small one on round three. Just to tell my guy Clint on that one. Um, didn't hate it. Because Gall gasses. Um, 
lastly, but not leastly, Luis Smoka, minus 145. Vince Morales, plus 125. Money coming out of Morales, which scares me. I'm, you know, he impressed me like many in losing efforts uh, on contender series and other fights. But you got to be careful uh, on, you know, being too impressed on a losing effort, right? That can get you in trouble, too. Um, I don't remember much about Vince Morales' last fight. Um, let me see here. Pull it up. Or Smokas, now that I mention it. Uh, Morales, though, yeah. he uh, Draco Rodriguez. But I think that was more uh, uh, me in the market uh, just overcorrecting on Contender Series hype. Rodriguez. Uh Quinones, round two TKO. Wow, that looks impressive on paper considering Quinones' cardio, I guess, but I don't remember a lot of that fight um, either. I think uh, I'm taking uh, Smolka by submission here. Um, you know, he's been TKO before Morales, but it was by leg kicks. I don't think Smolka's going to do that. He hits to the body, probably going to force a shot. I think there's just going to there's going to be grappling force in the small cage between these two. Uh, and that will favor Smolka, um, and I think he'll find a finish. So um, I wasn't going to play this fight, but since it's early and a chance to make money, if Smolka doesn't get to at least minus 140 or lower, it doesn't look like he is at this point. It looks like it plateaued out. But if you got to minus 140 even, I would take the 45 to 50 cent discount uh, and and play the playable chalk range, which to me is minus 150 or under. But for this, I would want minus 140 or under to play someone like Luis Smoka at chalk. Um, so instead what I might do, which would probably be better, is I got to lay less and expose myself less and, and perhaps, you know, you know, to take uh, roughly the same maybe, depending on what the number is. You look for Smoka by submission or inside the distance, and you just sprinkle on that. Um, you're going to get plus money. Let's see what it's listing at. Smoka by KO plus 500, all right? Smoking by submission, 350. That should be a little less. Opened at 400, so it didn't lose too much value. If you can still find a 350, still sleep at night there. Inside, plus 215, which, you know, it's not much lower. Um, maybe you're just better off taking that. It only opened at 227, so you're almost getting it at the opener if you can get around plus 215. For smoking inside the distance, maybe a small sprinkle there. Uh, all right. Smoka ITD question sub question. Um, so we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll play those. All right. How did we do? One ten. Well, there's a lot of fights and we went into some of them pretty deep. All right. Recapping. Um, I took uh the Gooch over in Bellator uh, over Pettis, but no plays there. Good luck if you're playing the dog in Pettis. But yeah, recapping. Pick some plays for uh, UFC Fight Night Font versus Aldo. Taking. Aldo over Font, taking Radel High, Radel over Fiziev, taking Luis Santos over Guida, taking Jimmy Jimmy fucking Crute over Jamal Hill, taking Brandon Allen over Chris Curtis, taking Brian Bam Bam Barberino over Darian Weeks, taking Thurko Tadorvir over Maki Patolo. Or taking Maki Patolo over Turco Todorovir. Taking Shalgash Jumagulov, Kazakh Jim Norton over Manel Cape. Taking Jake Matthews. Jake. Jake Matthews over Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Taking Cheyenne Velismus over Mallory Martin. Taking Thick Willie. Willie fucking Thickums over Alonzo Menafield. Taking Chris Gritzmacher Hoggle from the Labyrinth over... 
Gladio Puelles taking Azamat Merzikanov over Ayav Vandera. Give me Psych Beyond Sight. Taking the Great White Alex Morono minus two twenty five over Mickey Gall. Taking Luis Smoka the Last Samurai over Vince Morales. Um, parlayed Crute Morono for fun at plus one twenty six for just a half a unit. Uh, dog plays Patolo half a unit plus one forty. Thick Willie half a unit plus one thirty. Uh, Zhaoga Zhamagulov, uh, we'll probably lay it on him at plus 230, half a unit. Um, Aldo, question mark, I, I, I will lay on him, but I got to imagine, um, I'm going to wait to see how I'm doing. Uh, I'll use some winnings to play on him. I uh, got to imagine, er, not everything will hit dry, knock on wood, <laughs> then I just jinx myself. Uh, and I will be playing Aldo, because I don't think that the plus money is going anywhere. Um, I would say if Smoka would be the only favorite I would play if it gets to minus 140, but I ain't even going to do that even if it does. I'm going to take a prop, which I'll get to in a second, because the props are Krupp by sub, 0.33 units at plus 240. Krupp inside the distance uh, at houses that don't have the sub prop, plus 105, 0.5 unit, a half unit there. Uh, also sprinkled on round one, plus 220, uh, 0.17 unit, as well as run, round one sub, plus f- uh, 500. Uh, sprinkled on round two, depending on the house, plus 550.7 units, as well as depending on the house. Round two sub, uh, plus 700.17 units, again, real small. Santo sub, plus 375.17 units, again, real small. Uh, Morono, round three, plus 1,000.17 units, again, real small. May as well uh, play a decision prop, depending. Also looking at that Zhumagulov decision prop, if I can get it for anywhere plus 300 uh, or higher, I will get that, sans the money line. Uh, Shmoka, inside the distance, plus 210, sub, plus 3-something. Uh, I may end up sprinkling on that small to, to start the night. Uh, avoid, you know what, I avoided a lot. You can avoid what you like. It's kind of all volatile, is it not? Um, thank you guys again. Again, you can support this podcast, MixedMarshallAnalyst.com, for free by clicking through the um, Amazon or on it click-throughs. Uh, or, uh, you know, use the PayPal donation to direct directly to the podcast at the PYM Podcast on all social platforms. If you like or subscribe, it really helps the podcast. And I promise I don't pollute your feeds on those accounts. Uh, at Dan Tom MMA, if you want to get at me. Thanks for the five-star ratings and reviews. Thanks for checking out the uh, YouTube channel, Daniel Tom MMA. Uh, I wish y'all luck. Uh, obviously, as always, man. We wish y'all a good time. Let's let's uh, let's start early on 2022 with, by closing out this year strong. I'm I'm already in bank building mode. I already cashed out for the year up. Uh, I'm already back in. So I'm back in grinding mode here. Grinding small. Grinding steady. Um, let's get it. And always protect. Yikes. <laughs>